Hello, and welcome back to the Magic Mindset Podcast. As I'm sure you're aware, or maybe you're not, I am currently locked out of my social media accounts. And in trying to deal with that frustration, I decided instead of just passively waiting around, because it could be, you know, four more weeks of me waiting around, I am going to just use this time to start creating something new in the small chance I am unable to get those accounts back. So, and make a new Instagram account. It is the same name, at Heather Mayo. The difference is now it's at Heather underscore Mayo. So Heather underscore Mayo, M-A-I-O. So please, if you have not already, please find me there. Um, I have a lot of really cool stuff coming up um, in addition to my coaching business. And I really want to, you know, gain back the community that I worked so hard to create. So I appreciate any and all of your help in me doing so. So I know why I said on Monday and last week, we're going to talk about thought work, but I am just not in a place mentally where I can do that right now. But I have something that I think is just as important and just as needed because I know I am not the only one experiencing right now. And that is the experience of stress. So today we are going to talk about stress management practices that we can do in times of divine pressure that will allow us to keep our cool as best we can to maintain a quality of life, to maintain a quality of self-care that allows us to feel good because in times of stress are when we tend to self-sabotage and abuse ourselves the most. And does that help? No, it helps us back even further. So we're going to talk about some stress management (laughs) techniques, and believe me, these are ones that I'm employing in my life right now. First is the most basic, but believe me, it is the most overlooked. And that is something incredibly simple. That is simply stopping to breathe. Yes, stopping to breathe. If you have worked with me in the past in any capacity via coaching, a group in a one-on-one session, or if you've bought my um, coaching program, the Magic Mindset program, you hear me talk about or you've heard me talk about the power of the pause. That is something I've talked about here, a lot, not so much in this season, but a lot in last season. The power of the pause. Well, what is the pause when you break it down? The pause is stopping and taking a breath. Because what happens when we are in feelings of stress? Our breathing changes. We no longer take deep belly breaths, we start breathing with our shoulders. And so you know the difference. If you could see me right now, my shoulders are moving up and down. If you see somebody when they are ill, how are they breathing? Their shoulders are moving. It's it's laborious. They are working very, very hard. The same thing happens when we are under feelings of stress. Now, Picture a workout, right? When you start breathing heavy in a workout, when you feel like you can't catch your breath, what does that do? It further charges you up. It makes the movement, it makes everything feel even harder. Well, that's what happens when we're stressed out. Whether we think about it or not, our breathing becomes shallower and we stop breathing in our bellies and we start breathing more up into our chest. And what that does is cause a series of physiological responses. And so now not only are we not taking full deep breaths, We are causing more tension to go in through our shoulders, through our neck, through our lats. And so we start experiencing pains through there, which further sends our brain signals like, oh, no, something is not okay right now. And so we just continue to exacerbate the situation when we could put, and look, I'm not saying through this podcast, through any of these things, that this is going to completely fix the situation. These are things that allow us to better deal with it. So is taking a deep breath going to 
push away all your feelings of stress? No, absolutely not. But what it's going to do is put you into a different state, right? It's going to take you out of that highly charged, nervous, anxious, ready to go, like in that feeling of fight or flight. And it's going to allow you to drop back into a more calm and responsive and in controlled state. And this is more than just how we feel emotionally. This is biologically. Our brains take around 20% of our oxygen consumption. And so the other 80% is going to be gone going to our life-sustaining functions. Well, if we're not taking big, huge, deep breaths, if we're not breathing in fully, the first thing that gets kind of cut out of the picture is our emotional like regulation, that, that 20% that is going to our brain. And so it's going to go to just life-sustaining forces, which means we are even more likely to be thinking with our primordial brain and not our prefrontal cortex, which allows us to make smart, educated decisions. We are thinking literally in that reptilian part of our brain because the rest of our brain is not getting the oxygen it needs to make full and calm decisions. And I know that sounds like really, really big and really, really meta. And it also sounds like very, very simple. Like, yes, of course, I'm going to take a deep breath. But think about the last time you were feeling very stressed out. Think about the last time something happened that jarred you or caused a reaction in you. Did you stop to breathe? I'm guessing no. And I'm guessing that because I don't either. We don't. We are, Our response is fight or flight, right? For better or for worse, we're animals. And so our response is to just go, go, go. If we can train ourselves to respond in a different manner, train ourselves to recognize when we are feeling those feelings of fear, of highly charged emotion, of frustration, of worry, of anxiety, if we can learn to recognize those emotions in our body, what they feel like, what causes them, what our triggers are, you know, that's a whole other situation. But really, it comes down to just identifying awareness. Again, something we talk about all the time here. If we can identify that, then we can retrain our brain to have a different response. And that is where the pause comes in. Again, I if you've worked with me, if you've listened to this podcast, you know that when I say the pause, I'm talking about it in terms of eating. And so I like I encourage people to take a breath to pause in whenever they're feeling um feelings of wanting to binge or wanting to numb out in any way. Even whenever they're making a decision around what they're going to put on their plate, it allows them to kind of check in and say, oh, okay, is this really serving me? Is this really what I want? And I'm going to throw this in. This is completely off topic, but it's always important to stress. That is not meaning only with the cake, with the pizza, with the chocolate. We have to do that with the salads and plain chicken breasts too, because that could be being just as much of a dick to ourselves as eating, you know, 5,000 handfuls of Cheez-Its in rapid concession. So we want to make sure that we are nourishing ourselves fully, that we are giving our body what it needs to feel its best. We can do that when we train ourselves to pause. And again, something I say if we've worked together in any capacity is the beautiful thing about the pause as it relates to our food is you will see it correlate and translate into every single area of your life. You will catch yourself pausing before you snap at your children, before you freak out about the driver who passed you, before you freak out about the boss, before you send that text. In whatever situation, you will start to realize that, oh my goodness, my habitual responses are changing. We need to try to do that in feelings of stress to remind ourselves when we catch ourselves in those highly charged emotional states of feeling like we are hopeless, like we are powerless, like everything is out of our control. What can we do if we have just acknowledged that everything is out of our control? What can we do? Nothing. We've already acknowledged that. And so the best thing we can do is take a beat and breathe, really 
breathe. Close your eyes and feel yourself breathe. You heard me say something last week. I said, I can acknowledge that what is happening right now in my life is okay because there is air in my lungs. And as long as there is air in my lungs, I am okay, right? That is a belief that I have. Of course, it expands beyond that. It expands to my children. It expands to my husband as well. But you get the picture, right? If they are okay, if we are okay, I am okay. And so our breath reminds us to come back in and focus on what is real. What is real? What is happening right now? What can I touch? Because quite often, what we are most stressed about are hypothetical situations, are things that what if Oh no, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen. That's when we run. And again, we go into that really quick, shallow breathing where if we take a beat, we take a deep breath, we can acknowledge I don't have control, which means I don't have control, which means I need to let it go. This is not my problem. This is God's problem. I'm getting ahead of myself. This is what we're going to talk about next. But I cannot stress this enough. However, it identifies best with you, whether that be naming this just taking a deep belly breath or taking my name for it, the pause. When you are feeling stressed, anxious, angry, unsure, uncertain, any of those icky emotions, you know those emotions that you feel in your belly, remind yourself when you feel those belly emotions, because I'm guessing once you start paying attention to your body, that's where you'll start to realize that they they light up for you. Use that as your reminder. Okay, belly emotions, belly breathing. Belly emotions equal belly breathing for me because those those butterflies that aren't the good kind of butterflies, the butterflies that are the bad kind of butterflies, they remind me I need to come back to my breath. I need to pause. I need to collect myself. And then that gives me a chance to look at this situation from not my ego, from not my anger, from not my monkey mind, but from the perspective of my highest self because that is when I can best approach any situation and that's when you can best approach any situation too. Next, after we have taken a breath, taken a beat, taken a pause, allowed ourselves to be at least slightly calmed, now we need to check in with reality. We need to check in with what is real. We need to ask ourselves, what is really happening? What do we know? And now, this can go one of two ways. And I'm going to warn you, at first, this will be an opportunity for your monkey mind, your ego, whatever you want to call that part of you that is operating from your lower self, your lower plane, it's going to give that voice a chance to catastrophize. You need to go back to step one, take a beat, take a breath, take a pause, remind yourself this is not what we are doing. We are focusing on what we know, on what is real. That means you only deal with the facts. You don't deal with opinions. You don't deal with what ifs. You don't deal with oh no's. You don't deal with any of that because none of that is real. You only deal with what is real. And again, does that mean that what you are experiencing is not painful? That what you are experiencing is not unjust or unfair or something that you did not deserve? No, that doesn't mean that. You know, we, life is going to life. <laughs> I say that a lot here, right? I want to keep saying, stop saying that pretty soon. Things are going to happen. Things are going to happen that are out of our control. Things are going to happen that we do not deserve. We do not prescribe to this bullshit belief that everything happens for a reason. I do not believe that, nor do I expect anybody else to believe that. I think that is trash. But we also can acknowledge that arguing with reality causes us more pain, right? And so we have to ask, what is real? What do I know? What do I know? Maybe it's a diagnosis that you didn't want to hear, God forbid. Maybe it's an accident. Maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe it's 
somebody hacking into your account. Maybe it's your credit card being stolen. Maybe it is somebody lied to you. You know, anything. Tragedies happen on a huge spectrum of really small shit to really, really big shit, right? It doesn't matter what that is. That is not for us to look at. That is not for us to quantify. All we are doing is saying, in whatever moment we are in, what do we know? Because here's the thing. What we know is always so much better and more manageable than what our monkey mind is telling us about what we know. Because whatever we are experiencing, we are catastrophizing. That is what we do. Especially now. We've taught ourselves. We've like glorified anxiety. We've glorified worry. We've like joke about it on Instagram and TikTok. Like it's something like a part of us. Go back to the language episode. We never want to make something a part of us that we do not want to own, that we do not want to have. And so going back to what is real is, again, identifying problems that are outside of you. And even if they are not outside of you, because that happens too, unfortunately, is identifying what we know. It is not saying this could happen, this could happen, this could happen. It can say this is what is happening right now, and that is all I know. Because in times of stress, is when we tend to run through the worst case scenario. And here's the thing with the worst case scenario is it still doesn't prepare us for the worst case scenario. All it does is make us go through that twice if, God forbid, we experience this. And think about that logically. If we can all think about, you know, we all watch the sad movie, we can read the story, and we can identify with, oh, my gosh, that pain that person must be feeling like. And then because we are empathetic human beings, we think about what that would be like if I were to experience it. And, oh, my God, how horrible that would be. And we feel those feelings and we cry over things that have nothing to do with us, right? We do that all the time. We watch The Notebook. We cry. We, you know, see something on Lifetime. We cry. Whatever. We know that we can identify with those things. Do you think that? identifying and empathizing with those situations or, again, in times of stress, catastrophizing situations, do you think that ever helps us when the situation comes? Is there any way we could possibly prepare ourselves for the worst case? No. Fuck no. Like, and I'm not even going to say what the worst case would be because we don't need to speak like that. Our, Our words have power. Again, we know that here, right? But I've seen people live through tragedy, right? I, I've seen it. I've seen my close friends go through things that I can't imagine going through. Could they have ever been prepared for them? No, absolutely not. I saw my mom go through things with my father that she could never have dreamed about. Could she have prepared for them? No, no way. Because it's still preparing yourself for the worst case scenario is not preparing yourself for anything. It is just worrying. It is praying for what you do not want. We cannot allow ourselves to do that in times of stress. All we can do is identify with what is real. And I understand the other side of that because what I'm leaving unsaid is be hopeful, right? I'm not going to say that right now because I'm going through something right now that I'm not very hopeful over. In, In being hopeful about it hurts Honestly, just as bad as catastrophizing it because it feels like a pipe dream. And so I understand that too. I'm not asking you to dream unrealistic things in these situations. We're not talking about affirmations right now. We're not talking about manifestation right now. We are talking about stress. And so all we can do in times of stress is focus on what is real. And when we can identify what is real, that is what we need to keep coming back to. And when we do find ourselves catastrophizing, it's just reminding ourselves that even though thinking about the other extreme, you know, all the beautiful possibilities that also live out there in the unknown, because they do, that's true, that's valid, that might not be easy to think about right then, but we have to, we owe it to ourselves to at least acknowledge them. 
We don't need to think about them. That might feel hard. I understand that. Believe me, I understand that. But we have to at least acknowledge, okay, if the worst case could happen, so could the best case. If everything could go wrong, then everything could go right. These things are equally as likely. And so it is unfair to ourselves and to the people around us who are going to be subject to our shit energy when we are under periods of stress to focus on anything else than what is real in that moment. Now, I want you to get grateful. And yes, I'm fully aware that I just said I don't expect you to daydream about everything that could go right because I understand that that can be hard in those moments. But I am still very much asking you to get grateful because in any time, no matter what has happened, you still have so many things to be grateful for. So many things to be grateful for. I can I can say just so many things to be grateful for oh, for the next five minutes because that is true. When we are experiencing something that is painful, that is tragic, that is stressful, that is anxiety-inducing, we still have so much to be thankful for. They are probably going to be completely unrelated to that event and experience, but that's okay. And here's the thing. Maybe they are related to that event and experience. I remember, you know, during a couple years ago when the gym was shut down, like I've never been so grateful for the gym, the people in the gym, for are amazing. I don't even want to call them employees because they're not. They're friends. I love those people. They're incredible people that I feel so honored to have in my life. The people who go to the gym, they're not members. They're friends. Like I can just gush over that building, that place, every single person who walks into it now because of that experience. That experience shoved me into how grateful I was for that place. And so, yes, in some situations, we're going to be able to tie gratitude to what we're experiencing. Like me right now, I'm so grateful for the platform and the people who've reached out for me, for the people who are helping me rebuild, for the people who are saying, this. you're right, this does suck. The people who are acknowledging that with me, I am so grateful for that. But completely unrelated things, if we're experiencing something that is tragic or upsetting or a loss of a job or a loss of a friendship or a relationship, there's still things to celebrate and rejoice. You have yourself. You have the breath in your lungs. You have your health. God, I hope, right? Or maybe it's something attached to your health, which I've seen close loved ones go through. And God, that freaking sucks. But what about everybody else in their life? Okay, well, we can still acknowledge my children have their health, my husband or whoever is not affected in that situation. We cannot allow ourselves. Basically, what I am saying is in those times, we cannot allow everything in our life to be cloudy because when we are stressed, sad, worried, fearful, we can allow everything else to get cloudy. We can allow our energy to rub off on everything else. We can allow everybody else to be dampened around us. And then that takes one situation that is tucked into one area of our lives and it spreads its bullshit all over. Getting grateful keeps everything not affected by that situation in the light it should be in. And maybe these things are affected by this situation, right? Maybe they are outskirt affected, but it'll it'll allow you to see them fully. It'll allow you to see them differently. Maybe it'll help you gain new perspective. Maybe it'll help you realize like, oh, I didn't appreciate this before. I didn't understand what I had before, but I do now. And that's okay, right? We don't cry about yesterday. We make a better tomorrow. Getting grateful allows you to do that. It allows you to stay in an energy that is telling the universe, I'm not a victim. I am not tragic. I am not going to just sit here and just take your bullshit. I'm going to make the best out of this situation. I'm going to do something with it. I'm going to learn something from it. And I'm going to appreciate everything in my life that is allowing me to do so. 
Now, this next one is going to hurt a bit. (laughs) I can acknowledge that. We have to ask ourselves, what do we need to do to help fix or alleviate the situation? Or, I just made a reel about this, what do we need to be to be okay in this situation? What qualities do we need to have to be okay in this situation? This is going to hurt because it forces us to take ownership of our role in our suffering right now, right? It, It forces us to say, I am not willing to sit here. And let me be clear, sitting here pouting, venting, you know how I feel about venting. Venting is mostly bullshit talking, but I've also said you need to have somebody to vent to. I've have an episode on that. My, my husband is the person I can vent to. He allows me to talk without making it worse, right? He won't catastrophize with me. So you, it is okay to do that. It is okay to momentarily numb. Just acknowledge it. Be aware of it. This is a whole other subject. And then we're going to talk about eating and emotional eating, but you know my thoughts on that. It is okay to emotionally eat. It is okay to emotionally numb yourself with food. It is not okay to do that with drink. That's a whole other episode. That's just going to make it a fuck of a lot worse because drinking while you're stressed out is pouring in gasoline on a fire. Be very clear there. Like very, very clear. Do not use alcohol to help you deal with your stress because all it is doing is blowing your stress off further in your face and giving you a hangover. Not a good look. If you need to numb, numb with a book, numb with Netflix, numb with, you know, Scrolling on social media, I guess, that could probably be a little harmful, but whatever, or numb with a dopamine-causing sundae or pizza or a hamburger. Just make the conscious choice to do it so it doesn't cause you further guilt because comfort in the form of food is always available to you. You do not have to earn it. You do not have to do anything to burn it off after the fact. Just consciously choose it so it doesn't fuck with you after the fact. You don't want to make your stress worse by also feeling like you fucked up by the way you treated your body which I'm just going to say it again, drinking is going to do 100% of the time. But allow yourself, sorry, I just hit the mic in front of me if you heard some little noise there. Allow yourself, you know, a pity party. You deserve it. We all deserve it. It's valid. It can happen. But then after that, after a set amount of time, you know, whatever, maybe give yourself an hour, maybe give yourself a day, maybe give yourself a weekend. But when that time is up, your time is up, bitch. What can you do? What can you do to solve this? And if you cannot do anything to solve it, it means it is not your problem. It means it is God's problem. You need to let that shit go. If it is out of your control, it is out of your control. Stop trying to control it and then move on to the next question. Who do I need to be to be okay in this situation? What qualities do I need to have to be okay in this situation? Start making a list. I need to be hopeful. I need to be strong. I need to be brave. I need to be dependable. I need whatever. Start filling it in and then start acting like you are that person, right? Start acting like you are that person. I'm going to say what I just said again because it's really important. If you are unable to change the situation, if the situation is truly out of your power, it is not yours to worry about. It is not yours to worry about. You worrying is not going to solve anything. But if the situation is something that you can change, If you can do something to fix the situation, to amend the situation, to change the situation, then fucking do it. Do it. We have to call our bullshit there. We cannot take a back seat when it comes to our suffering. We need to put ourselves in the driver's seat, acknowledging that some way, sometimes the only way out is through. And through might be walking through shit we don't want to walk through, but we have no choice. We have to do it, right? And there is going to be situations that are a middle bit of both. 
I'm in one right now. I can send emails, but to a certain point, it's not going to do any good because I'm sending an email to a fucking robot who's not going to open it, right? Like, I need to let that shit go. And so maybe it is out of your control, but how can you interact with yourself that is going to make you feel more in control? What do you need to give yourself that is going to allow you to feel more in control? So basically, you know, what I am trying to say here is if you truly cannot change it, it's not yours. Give it to God. Give it to prayer. And you don't need to be religious to do that. I am not a religious person. You can be a spiritual person and do that. Or you don't even need to be spiritual. I still believe that my God is available to you at all the time or the universe or whatever you want to talk to. Ask them for help. It is their problem, not yours, if you can't change it. And if you can change it, call your bullshit and change it because you are not going to contribute to your suffering. I'm going to try to wrap this up in the next couple minutes because this is going a little longer than I intended. But clearly, I have a lot to say on this subject right now when I am immersed in it. Really, I want to remind you of the main concepts of this episode. And that is first and foremost, check yourself, pause, breathe, breathe, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath and allow yourself to find some sort of calm, knowing that calm is relative, right? It is not going to be calm like you just got done with a yoga session. It's going to be calm like somebody just slammed on their brakes in front of you and you did too and you know you're fine and everybody's fine, but holy shit, that was scary, but I'm going to take a deep breath and keep driving. Like calm is relative, right? So we're just going for a step lower, a step less charged than you initially were. So from there, taking a deep breath, Remind yourself of what is real. Don't catastrophize here. What is real? What are the facts? What do you know? They're the only things you can focus on. Everything else is completely out of your control. From there, get grateful. Get grateful. There's something to be grateful for always, always. There is something to be grateful for. You are listening to this podcast right now, which means you have a phone, which means you can pay for a phone, which means you have income, like anything. I have a home. I have shelter. I have clothes. I have warmth. Like it can be so minuscule. Remind yourself that you have infinite amounts of reasons to be grateful at any given time, even in the times when it feels like everything is going to shit. Find something. Find something and take another deep breath remembering that thing, right? Appreciating that thing, thinking about that thing because it is going to allow you to operate from a better place. And then from there, ask yourself, what can I do? What can I do? If the answer is truly nothing, it's not your problem. It's God's. Let it go. And I know I keep saying that, but I cannot stress it enough. Do not worry about something that is out of your control. That's not fair to you. You you can't change it. You don't have those powers. If you did, you would have changed it. So let it go. And then ask yourself, who do I need to be to be okay? What qualities do I need to have to be okay in this situation? And do your best to embody in them. And then lastly, ask yourself, what am I learning? What is this situation teaching me? How can this situation allow me to be better? Because that is what we need to have happen regardless of what life throws us. We cannot allow something to make us worse. We have to allow it to make us better. And so with that being said, I hear my children downstairs. They just got home from the gym, which means you're going to start hearing my children very soon. So again, please come find me on my new platform, Heather underscore Mayo. So it's Heather underscore M-A-I-O. Please come find me there. Please help share it. Anytime you share a post, comment on a post, like it is so appreciated right now and it is more important than ever. And of course, you can still book with me at any time by heading to my website, heathermayo.com. You will see the booking options right there. We can accomplish so much in an hour, so much. So if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling 
anxious, if you're feeling worried, if you're having struggles with your body image, with what to eat, with how to move, with any of that stuff related to you in any sense of the way, let me help you because I promise you we can make really cool things happen in an hour. We can make some really amazing discoveries happen. So I hope this helped. I hope to see you soon on social media. Please, 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 please come find me and I will see you back next week.